From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, September 6th. Former President Donald Trump's administration had a strategy of energy dominance. That meant the Bureau of Land Management offering as much land as possible for lease to the oil and gas industry. KZMU's Justin Higginbottom checks in on public land leasing under Biden. On one of his first days in office, President Joe Biden paused oil and gas leasing on public lands. His administration gave a couple reasons for the moratorium. There's combating climate change, and the pause would give time for agencies to review leasing practices long criticized by environmental groups. But what what they're looking at is what's what's wrong with the program? Like what can we do to fix it? And it's a and it's they're looking at everything. They're looking at royalty rates, bonding. Um, the analysis that goes with leasing, really technical in the weeds issues, it's broader issues. That's Landon Newell with the conservationist group Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. He says one issue that has certainly been studied is the nomination process. The leasing nomination process is, is one of the um, worst aspects of this entire, entire broken program because you can nominate huge swaths of public lands anonymously and for free. A wave of lawsuits by the energy industry followed the pause, and in June a court in Louisiana ordered the administration to resume leasing. Besides some 80 million acres in the Gulf of Mexico, six parcels were offered in Utah. One parcel is in Grand County, near I-70 on the southern end of the Cisco Desert. But just because the BLM is starting the process again doesn't guarantee those parcels will end up producing oil and gas. The agency has pretty wide discretion for deciding what happens on public land. You know, they could look at it and say, we looked closely at this lease parcel and we found a whole host of new cultural resource sites, or we found important greater sage-grouse habitat, or, you know, the climate crisis is so bad that we just can't responsibly offer more leases for development because, you know, future greenhouse gas emissions is something that we can't afford as, as, a, as a country. Now conservationists and industry alike are waiting for that report on leasing practices, due any day now. It's clear the era of energy dominance is over, but what replaces it is still unknown. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. The Moab Mosquito Abatement District will be fogging again in the downtown area tomorrow night. This is the second time they will fog this season. The first time they did it was Friday night. District Manager Michelle Rebine says they've detected a type of mosquito in town that is hard to eradicate once it gets established and can transmit diseases like Zika, Dengue, Chikungunya, and Yellow Fever. So they're taking it seriously. A couple of these viruses currently don't have any type of vaccine or treatment. Uh, So that includes Zika um, as well as chikungunya. So it's really important for us to be able to control this type of mosquito. According to Raybine, the mosquito Aedes aegypti can lay up to 100 eggs at one time. It breeds in all sorts of containers with just a little bit of standing water. Anything from buckets to bottles, tin cans, and even children's toys. 
The Moab Mosquito Abatement District found the mosquito about a week and a half ago. Staff later observed Aedes aegypti in yards and within residential homes in the downtown area. They then made the decision to conduct an ultra-low volume fogging. Once it becomes established in an area, it becomes very hard to get rid of it. Um, And because of this, we want to be able to really aggressively treat it as much as we can reduce it, if not try and fully eliminate it in the Moab area if we are able to. The insecticide used during the fogging is called Biomist and will target adult mosquitoes. Rabine says they've scheduled the fogging for 9 p.m. in order to avoid daytime pollinators. It's not clear how the insecticide might affect nighttime pollinators. 80s Egypti mosquitoes were first detected in the Moab area in 2019, also near the end of the summer season. It seems to be a trend where it's kind of near the end of summer, you know, summer slowing down, but it's still kind of these hot uh, moments that are coming up still. We get like 190 degree days, but then also some rain mixed in there. So that, you know, these mosquitoes like the hot, dry weather that's followed by a precipitation event. The Moab Mosquito Abatement District says they are taking aggressive action now to prevent future issues with the Aedes aegypti. The mosquito's eggs can lay dormant in dry conditions for months, and staff does not want it to overwinter. However, Rabine acknowledges that this may be the district's best strategy for now. This mosquito has been expanding its range for several years now, traveling from warmer climates like Texas and Florida to the Mountain West. From other folks that I've talked to at abatement districts, eventually I think it will be a mosquito that might just end up being something that we're going to have to handle every season. The fogging map for tomorrow night includes the east side of Highway 191 in the downtown corridor. Maps can be found in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. If you live within the fogging area and would like to be added to the district's Do Not Spray list, contact info at moabmad.org with your address. If you've already submitted your address, you do not need to submit it again. The Moab Mosquito Abatement District is asking for help in reducing the 80s Egypti population by checking for any standing water on homes and properties. Find more information and a description of the mosquito in the show notes. People in Moab may know about a famous free box in our region. In Telluride, Colorado, a collection of cubbies allows residents and visitors alike to discard of old belongings and find new treasures. After closing due to the coronavirus pandemic, the free box recently reopened. KOTO's Julia Caulfield was there and brings this report. The free box is free once more. Boarded up in March 2020, it was one of the first local casualties of the COVID pandemic. Now, a year and a half later, the community institution is reopened. I couldn't be happier. I was heartbroken the day it got closed and I had no idea I would be standing here, you know, being um, one of the people to open it back up. So I'm just thrilled and I couldn't be happier. This is a dream come true. That's Becky Boehm, Freebox supervisor. The boards came down and sat in the cubbies is over a year of discarded clothes, some broken toys, and dust. A lot of dust. It's a time capsule of sorts. 
This is what was in there. Yeah, in March what, 15, 2020? 2020, yeah. Looks like it. Not all of the relics are treasures. There's some trash in here. So far down here, some mismatched shoes. Yeah, definitely there's some stuff in here we wouldn't recommend leaving. Underwear, that's just, you know, we don't need to have that. It's a good reminder of how to love the free box the right way. Well, a good motto uh, to keep in mind is share respectfully. You know, don't don't bring items here that you wouldn't wear or that are stained or ripped, you know, especially clothing wise. Um, please no electronics. We're trying to keep items off of the sidewalk, just in the box only. No trash. This isn't a trash dump. There's no paints, no furniture, things like that. Be respectful. You know, think about it being your home. And, you know, if we can all treat it and love it just the same and respect it the way it should be, I think it's going to be a huge success. As the box reopens, a local or two peek around Pine Street to witness the moment. Local artist Brendan Burkle comes to collect one of the murals that adorn the plywood panels. I come for my turtle bird. Oh, that's yours? Yeah. Cool. Do you want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. Sweet. That's awesome. It's yours. Sweet. Turtle bird. Turtle bird. Cool. This is so exciting. Yeah, I'm not gonna overload it. Like, I hope people don't. Yeah, me too. I just have a little thing. As for Boehm, she has a small pile of items waiting to put in the free box, and she's keeping an eye out as well. A winter coat. <laughs> winter coat and winter boots. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> The pandemic may not be over, but signs of the funky, weird Telluride are coming back to life. One Telluridian's trash can be another's treasure once more. This report comes from our partners at KOTO in Telluride, Colorado. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, September 6th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.